Hey friends, this is Christy Young. Welcome to Bite Size Apologetics, where we pursue the truth one bite hey at a time. Okay, so now in the last video, we discussed what is subjective truth. And now in this video, I want to discuss what is objective truth, because subjective truth and objective truth are opposites, okay? So where subjective truth, just by way of recap, is based upon the subject. It's based upon a person's feelings, opinions, preferences, and their circumstances. So they change, they can change easily, and they are based upon a person and their opinions, preferences, likes, all of those things. Objective truth is very different. Objective truth is true for all of us. Whether we want to believe it, whether we like it, we are all impacted by it and it's, all, it's real for all of us. For example, an objective truth is that we all live with gravity, okay? So if any of us, whether we believe in gravity or not, if any of us go jump off a 17-story building, gravity will necessarily pull us to the ground and we it will not be a great outcome, right? Whether or not, even if I don't want to believe in reality, I mean gravity, even if I don't want to believe that gravity is real, even if I don't believe that gravity is real, the reality is gravity is real and that will be demonstrated as I fall to the ground, as gravity pulls me to the ground if I jump out of a 17-story building, right? So objective truth is truth that is based upon the real external world. And they are independent from our preferences and our beliefs and our circumstances. They are true for all of us. If something is objective, it corresponds with reality. Objective truth is something that is true for everyone, regardless of whether they believe it or not. So for example, this would be an example of objective truth. Atlanta is the capital of the state of Georgia. Another objective truth would be three plus three equals six. And finally, another truth would be that gravity pulls all objects downward toward the center of the planet. So whether or not we want to agree with those things or we, even if we don't agree with those things, those are objectively true and unchanging truth. Objective claims are incredibly important and are worth arguing about because you could be deadly wrong. Let me give you one more example. Let's just say that I tell you that the cure for your pneumonia is drinking Diet Coke. So you need to go home and drink three Diet Cokes and that will cure your pneumonia. No amount of Diet Coke will treat your pneumonia. That is objectively wrong. It's objectively false. There has been no evidence to show that Diet Coke is effective in the treatment of pneumonia. And no amount of you or I believing that that is true makes that true. That is objectively false. And it, no amount of diet, so you can drink Diet Coke all day long and it will not help you to cure pneumonia. Okay, so when we move away from physical realities and math facts, people begin to have a harder time determining whether statements are subjective or objective. And I'd love to put a plug here about objective spiritual claims. Consider the claim God exists. Many people have a hard time determining whether that is subjective or objective truth. But here's the deal. Many Christians have a hard time, they struggle to claim this as objective truth, that God exists. However, the existence of God is either true or it's not. He either does in fact exist or he does not exist. 
one of those realities is true and our opinion does not affect that reality. So God either exists or he does not and whether we believe he does or not does not impact whether or not he exists. Does that make sense to you? The assertion that God exists, it's a statement that we can either acknowledge or reject, but regardless of how we respond to that claim, it does not impact the reality of God's existence. Here's the deal. Spiritual truth claims about God are objective. They are grounded in the object under consideration, which is, of course, God. He either exists or does not, and our opinions do not change that fact. Let's take a break now for some comedy cravings. Hey, matey, I got a joke for you. Want to hear it? What it be? What be the difference between a cranberry farmer and a pirate? Hmm. What it be? A pirate buries his treasure. A cranberry farmer treasures his berries. Hey, me matey, that be a good joke. I have one for you, too. Why doesn't a pirate take a shower before he walks the plank? Why did he not? Because he'll just wash up on shore later. Ah! Oh, no, that'd be a good one. No, no. He's there. Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne's back up! I'm dwelling! <laughs> okay. Knock, knock. Who's... Knock, knock. Who's there? Amanda. Amanda who? Amanda fixed the plumbing is here. <laughs> Alrighty, you guys. So we were just talking about objective spiritual claims, like the statement, God exists. Now I want to address objective moral claims, like this. Lying, stealing, cheating is wrong. Those are moral truth claims. That means someone is asserting that lying, ste stealing, and cheating is morally wrong. And so oftentimes, Christians struggle with whether these are moral absolutes or not. That means, are those truths that I just mentioned, lying, stealing, cheating is wrong, are those statements objectively true? That means, do they apply to everyone all the time? Or do they only apply to certain people a certain portion of the time. And so would those objective moral claims only apply to those who follow Jesus? Some Christians wrestle with whether this is an objective moral claim that applies even to unbelievers. Alrighty, you guys. So the culture has actually eroded our confidence in objective moral truth claims. Yet there are moral absolutes or moral truths that transcend time. That means it doesn't matter what period in history that you live in, these moral absolutes apply and have applied. It doesn't matter what culture you live in or which individuals are involved. There are moral absolutes that are always applicable. And that means really a lot of times we know it in our gut. You know, for example, we know that it's not ever right to lie for the fun of it. We know it's not ever right or okay to steal for the fun of it. It's never right or okay to cheat someone out of something, out of money, out of goods. These are a sampling of the moral truth claims that transcend time and culture. It is never ethical or right, regardless of your time in history or the culture that you live in, for you to steal, kill, or to cheat just for the mere fun of it. Okay, now it's time for a little logic lesson.
Okay, so I want to explain something here about objective moral truth claims. Morality or morals really mean the distinction between what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. And we make those distinctions all the time. And so take, for example, the, the statement or truth claim that lying is morally wrong. Lying, stealing, or cheating are morally wrong. You might have someone who would say, well, I don't agree with those moral absolutes. I think that there are times where it's okay to lie or cheat or steal, that I don't adhere to or adopt those moral truths. Here's the deal. Here's the problem with that. Those people cannot walk that out in their actual lives and in their actual daily living. Let me give you an example. They may feel like it's perfectly fine to lie, uh, to anyone that they see fit. And so they may have no problem in their moral conscience lying to others. But here's where it hits them hard. If I were to ask that same person the question, how do you feel when you are lied to? How do you feel when you are impacted negatively when there are no moral absolutes? So if I were to say to you, hey, if you'll come work with me or work for me for 60 hours this week, then I will pay you 900 bucks. Then that person comes to work for me all week long, uh, 60 hours, and then is ready to get paid. And I say, ha ha, the joke's on you. I lied to you. Because lying is perfectly acceptable in your worldview, then I knew you wouldn't mind if I lied to you. Because, but I needed all this work done, and so I appreciate you for doing it for me, but I never intended to pay you. How do you think that person would feel? How do you think they would respond? The odds are great that they would be super frustrated or hot with anger, uh, very aggravated that I lied to them. They would claim that they don't adhere to or adopt moral absolutes like the truth claim that lying is morally wrong. However, when they can't walk that out because when they are impacted themselves by someone lying to them, they believe that is wrong. And so what that means is they've adopted that standard for themselves that they believe that lying is wrong because they don't want to be lied to, which means they have adopted the moral standard that lying is wrong. Here's the frank reality. We can claim all day that there, is, there are no moral absolutes until it affects us. And so for people, it's disingenuous for people to say, I don't believe in moral absolutes. I don't believe that lying, stealing, or cheating are wrong because the reality is they cannot walk that out because when someone lies to them, when someone cheats them, when someone steals from them, once they are impacted and affected, then all of a sudden they have adopted a standard and it is that lying is wrong because they don't want to be lied to. Stealing is wrong because they don't want to be stole. They don't want to have things stolen from them and then they don't want to be cheated. And so it's very, it's interesting to me that people who claim that they don't, they have not adopted moral absolutes cannot walk it out in real life because the minute something is done to them that is morally wrong, like lying, stealing, or cheating, then they are quick to say that that is wrong and that they've adopted the standard that those things are morally wrong. Okay, Ty and I are going to give you an example of how a person who claims to believe there is no objective moral truth, cannot walk that out in this life. And here's the example. For sake of this example, Ty is going to pretend that he believes that stealing is perfectly fine. 
in any given situation, he might choose to steal. He believes that's fine. And in his worldview, it's perfectly fine to steal to get what you want. Okay? Yes. That's who you are. Okay. Yes. So we're sharing Skittles. Oh, and they're so good. I'm so enjoying these Skittles, Ty. Mmm. Yum. So good. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Oh, you guys steal them all from me? Ty, you can't steal the Skittles. I think stealing is fine. Okay. Well, I heard, I heard today that you got a lot of Valentine candy because today is Valentine's Day. Is that true? Yes. Where is your Valentine? Where is your Valentine candy? It's... Uh, I, oh, I, I see some of it migrating to the table right now. Brinley, can you push that closer? This is part of your... That looks so good, Ty. Did you get this today as a gift? Yes. You did. Oh, looks so good. Thanks so much. Hey. How does that make you feel? T, how does that make it make you feel when I steal? And according to your worldview, it's perfectly fine to steal, right? Yes. Well, how does it make you feel when I steal from you? Bad. Bad. And so it looks like you've actually adopted a moral absolute that stealing is wrong. As a family, take some time to discuss these questions. What is objective truth? Two, what are some examples of objective truth that apply to all of us? And three, how would society look if people truly did not believe in moral absolutes? Discuss some examples together. Alrighty, you guys, thanks so much for watching. Please share these videos and like and subscribe to the channel because it helps support the ministry so that we can continue to create content.